Good evening, this is Mary Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News. Two people were arrested following a pursuit in Adams County Tuesday evening. The Adams County Sheriff's Office says at around 10.30 p.m., deputies were patrolling the area of Highway 34 at the Adams-Montgomery County line and observed a vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed. Deputies attempted to conduct a traffic stop. The driver, 20-year-old Thomas Greenwood of Omaha, Nebraska, led deputies on a chase through Adams County at speeds of 120 miles per hour. Greenwood entered the city limits of Corning, where he bailed on foot at the corner of 6th and Highway 148. He was later apprehended at the corner of 6th Street and Davis Avenue. Greenwood was charged with felony eluding, possession of drug paraphernalia, possession of methamphetamine, possession of marijuana, intent to deliver marijuana, failure to affix drug tax stamp, gathering where unlawful substances are used, and reckless driving. He was also cited for multiple traffic offenses. A passenger in the vehicle, 20-year-old Shelby Stillwell of Lawton, Iowa, was arrested for possession of marijuana, intent to deliver marijuana, failure to affix drug tax stamp, and gathering where unlawful substances are used. In other activity, the sheriff's office arrested 29-year-old Danielle Ray Hilton of Clearfield following a traffic stop at 6th and Nottoway Street in Corning on Saturday. Hilton was charged with possession of a controlled substance marijuana, possession of a controlled substance methamphetamine, and possession of drug paraphernalia. One person was found dead following a garage fire in Farragut early this morning. The Fremont County Sheriff's Office received a report at 12.15 a.m. of an occupied structure fire at a detached garage in the 100 block of Clay Street in Farragut. Witnesses stated an individual entered the structure but was not seen coming back out. Firefighters extinguished the fire and responders searched the structure and found human remains. The identity has been withheld pending family notification. The Iowa Department of Public Safety and the State Fire Marshal is investigating the incident. Fire departments assisting at the scene included Farragut, Shenandoah, Essex, Riverton, Sydney, Hamburg, Randolph, Tabor, and Thurman. A Union County man was transported to the hospital following a two-vehicle accident near Creston. The Union County Sheriff's Office says the accident happened at around 11.25 a.m. on Tuesday on Osage Street, Pole Road, and Highway 34. 75-year-old Charles Rayburn Davenport of Arisby suffered injuries in the crash. A 2020 Ryder truck rental driven by 22-year-old Gage William McCoy of Ames stopped at the stop sign on Osage Street, proceeded to turn left on eastbound Highway 34, and because of other semi-traffic turning north, he failed to see the westbound 2003 Ford Ranger pickup driven by Davenport. The pickup struck the rider truck, injuring Davenport. Medic 1 transported Davenport to the Greater Regional Medical Center in Creston. No citations were issued. Adair County Engineer Nick Kaufman told the Board of Supervisors this morning that he was contacted by emergency management about potential FEMA reimbursement for the recent snow events. Kaufman said Adair County is listed as one of the core counties in the state, which means they received record snowfall or within 90% of record snowfall. He said they can report costs in a 48-hour window. So I would pick the highest two-day total costs. And then there's also some other, I don't completely understand everything they've asked for yet, but I'm compiling everything. We have $98,000 overtime only. Machine time, we are $384,000. I knew that was going to be big. Repairs, and I don't have receipts for invoices from a lot of the repairs, but it's going to be well over $50,000. Salt and sand was 
over 10,000, I believe. That grand total so far would be around $562,000. Kaufman said he's not sure what percentage of that he could be reimbursed by FEMA. The Audubon County Board of Supervisors started its mission to improve communication with the county's municipalities. Audubon County Board of Supervisors Chair Heath Hansen says Audubon City officials attended last week's meeting and Exira City officials attended the meeting on Tuesday. And we just talked about things that are very interest between the counties and the towns, making sure that we open up those lines of communication. So because as it, as it is usually, and anybody who's been on a board kind of knows this, Often the only time that those entities are communicating are when somebody needs money or when somebody's ticked off. And we want to uh, we want to go around that and have us be better partners with each other. Hansen said they will have quarterly meetings with the municipalities in the future. So that we can get all those things done so that our engineer can meet with the cities and kind of educate them on some of the things that they might need help with or that they might uh, just need to be informed of why do we do things a certain way or you know, what is our five-year plan going forward? And I think that the towns will appreciate that and will appreciate hearing from them. Additionally, Hansen says multiple board openings are coming up this December. He wants everyone to think about how to fill the various board seats and who is interested in stepping up and taking those positions. The Pottawatomie County Board of Supervisors on Tuesday approved authorizing the chair to sign the certification form on FEMA CRS Community Annual Recertification and Progress Report. Matt Wyant, Director of Planning and Development, explained that Pottawatomie County is one of two counties in the state of Iowa that has qualified for the community rating system through the National Flood Insurance Program. Currently, our residents get to receive a 5% discount on their flood insurance purchased through NFIP. Uh, because of our participation in the community rating system, it is a higher level of regulation and outreach over the current flood regulations that are out there, and we have advertised with the libraries that were here. We put out flyers in all of the libraries every year. We try to make sure that we uh, inform the residents as much as we can on different flood activities in the area and to ensure that we don't gain a sense of flood amnesia. People start to forget about what happened in 2019, 2011, and or start to think that it was a once-in-a-lifetime event. So. Wyant said they were recently reviewed by the Insurance Services Office. We had noticed that we hadn't ever really been receiving the credit that what we felt that we should on those. And I think FEMA has finally recognized that maybe the ISO was working a little bit too hard on their scoring system. And so FEMA actually came up and met with us this last year and sat down with Pam and I and uh, went through some of the different pieces of the community rating system to hopefully then work with the ISO and increase our rating from that nine. We'd like to get up to about an eight or a seven on there as far as our rating goes. And that as we climb that ladder of ratings, the residents get larger discounts towards their flood insurance premium. I think it's to a maximum of 15%. Another action, the supervisors approved Hungry Canyon Alliance's annual membership fee of $5,000 for fiscal year 24-25, a funding request from Southwest Iowa Planning Council in the amount of $11,610 for fiscal year 24-25 membership dues, and the board approved a request from Southwest Iowa Transit Agency for fiscal year 24-25 in the amount of $6,000. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Eddie Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.